Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, October 26th. Coming up, it's been more than a year since disgraced Kansas City, Kansas police detective Roger Golubsky was arrested. The women he allegedly kidnapped and sexually assaulted are frustrated he still doesn't have a trial date. There's a lot of activity around the case. You know, for instance, these hearings or protests or prayer circles. But they feel like nothing ever happens. We'll hear more on what has and hasn't changed in the Golubsky case. But first, some headlines. Missouri Speaker of the House Dean Plocker continues to be under fire for having the state give him money for expenses that his campaign already paid for. Jason Rosenbaum reports. Plocker is facing bipartisan calls to step down after the Missouri Independent reported he received reimbursements from the Missouri House on travel expenses already paid for by his campaign. Plocker says the expenses amount to mistakes and added he's paid the money back. During a press availability on Wednesday, Governor Mike Parson says Plocker needs to be upfront with Missourians about what happened. And he needs to figure out if he's going to have the trust of the people. I don't know yet. I think it's too early to be able to tell that. Plocker is one of several GOP candidates running for lieutenant governor. A new audit slams the former leaders of an Overland Park police charity for financial mismanagement and shoddy bookkeeping. Kyle Palmer has more. Among other things, the audit found that four former board members of the now-shuttered Overland Park Police Foundation dispersed funds to themselves, totaling $27,000. Some of that money paid for a board member's veterinary bill. More went towards a gift card at a resort hotel at the Legends. The foundation was originally established to help the families of fallen police officers, but had been at the heart of a criminal probe for the past year. Last week, the Johnson County District Attorney declined to press charges against the former board members, who are all Overland Park police officers. The Overland Park Fraternal Order of Police, which commissioned the audit, slammed the DA's decision. The officers remain on paid leave from the city. A new survey from the Docking Institute at Fort Hayes State University finds a majority of Kansans remain supportive of abortion rights. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service has more. More than 63% of respondents to the Kansas Speak survey say women are in a better position than politicians to decide whether to get an abortion. Just over half say the Kansas government should not place any regulations on the circumstances under which women can get abortions. A number of abortion restrictions currently are in place in Kansas, including a ban after 22 weeks and parental consent rules for minors. The Kansas legislature is prevented from banning abortion by the state constitution, but lawmakers did pass a few incremental restrictions this year. Yesterday was the last day of Missouri's annual bear hunting season, the third year it's been allowed in the state. KCUR's George Russell reports. As of Wednesday morning, hunters had killed 12 bears, up from last year's total of eight. Nate Bowersock, a biologist at the Missouri Department of Conservation, says the increase could be a result of cool, dry weather during most of the hunting season. Bears also had scarcer natural food around because of Missouri's drought. Bears are going to just be moving more than usual just because they are seeking out lots of food to, to put on weight. But when, when it's cooler out there, they definitely are going to be more active. Bear hunting's tightly regulated in Missouri to protect the population, which bounced back in the last few decades. The harvest is capped at 40 animals. 
Kansas school districts are preparing for a new law that will allow students to attend any public school district with enough space to take them. The open enrollment law passed last year and will go into effect across the state next fall. Districts have until January 1st to develop plans for how many out-of-district students they can accept and how that will be determined. Alvi Cater with DeSoto Schools in Johnson County says consultants will analyze enrollment trends to predict student-teacher ratios at each grade level. We want to have just the right mix, just the right balance, and 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 that's why uh, it's it's you can't say that every class is going to be this size. Republican lawmakers who backed the new law say it gives families more power over their children's education. Critics say some districts aren't prepared for an influx of students. Others could lose students and the funding that goes with them. We'll be back after this. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. In September 2022, the FBI indicted former Kansas City, Kansas police detective Roger Golubsky after the overturning of a wrongful conviction shed light on his alleged history of kidnapping and sexual assault. More than a year later, he still doesn't have a trial date, and the community wants answers. KCUR's Madeline Fox spoke to KCUR public safety reporter Peggy Lowe about the latest in the case. Peggy, what has changed in the more than a year since Golubsky was first charged? Unfortunately for a lot of people, not a lot has changed. Obviously, the court case kicked into gear. About once every month, we all travel to Topeka for this federal court hearing. And these are often very short because there's so much evidence in this case and so much discovery that they haven't really even been able to move forward. So, for instance, there is no trial date. They are still trying to basically take the civil case created uh, by Lamont McIntyre's case and redact a bunch of that so that the Golubsky team can then see it. So that's been a pretty long process so far. And Lamont McIntyre was the man who was exonerated after being in prison for quite a length of time. Lamont McIntyre's case really kicked everything off. He was exonerated in 2017, and his case became like a blueprint for what Golubsky and others were doing in KCK to keep the black community A, incarcerated, and B, oftentimes his MO was sexually assaulting many of the black women who were vulnerable. And what do we know about where Golubsky is now? So Golubsky has been out on house arrest since he was charged with these federal crimes. But in the beginning of this month, uh, his lawyer filed in federal court and said he had to be out on house arrest so that he could be hospitalized. Since the beginning of this case, his lawyers 
have said he's very, very ill, that he had heart surgery in 2022, that he gets insulin shots many times a day for his diabetes, and that he's in renal failure. So we don't expect Roger Golubsky to be in court this week. He has filed a waiver with the court saying he doesn't necessarily have to be there and that his lawyer can represent him there. How are the people who say they or their families were victimized by Golubsky, how are they feeling? Very, very frustrated. So there's a lot of activity around the case. You know, for instance, these hearings or protests or prayer circles. But they feel like nothing ever happens. You know, they, along with many of the social justice activists who support them, have called for the U.S. Department of Justice to instigate what's called a pattern or practice investigation. And that means a full-scale look at the entire KCK police department, not just the Golubsky. They feel Golubsky's not just a bad apple. In fact, it was the entire department, and they would like the feds to come in and look at that. And do the feds have a history of doing stuff like that? They sure do. You know, um, we have acquired documents that show that the FBI was looking at uh, the KCK Police Department as far back as the 80s. So we know that nothing ever came of that. But this is basically um, how the feds can sort of police the police locally. Um, the DOJ announced uh, one of these pattern or practice investigations just last week into the Trenton, New Jersey Police Department. And in June, the DOJ found that the Minneapolis Police Department had engaged in this PNP, these patterns and practices of conduct in violation of the Constitution, specifically excessive force and racial bias. So this is essentially how the feds look at local police departments. So we know what the activists and the family members are calling for. We know a little bit about where Golubsky is, but we don't necessarily know what's coming next. What is your best guess? I really think it's going to be a holding pattern into the next year because the judge um, suggested that there might be a trial date next spring. But that is conjecture at this point. So I think that the activists and the alleged victims will continue to be frustrated and the federal court case will just be a very long process. That was KCUR's Peggy Lowe and Madeline Fox. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Anna Schmidt, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Peggy's reporting on Golubsky, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. And for a more in-depth look into Golubsky's alleged crimes and his victims, listen to KCUR Studios' podcast, Overlooked. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.